Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They can't get them, but you can catch us. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com where every Tuesday night we chop it up. The latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. That's right. The longest running Panthers podcast, C3 Panthers podcast. My name's Tony Dunn. They call me the professor. I'm here to profess. And I got to confess, I'm happy to be hanging out with Cody Lashney. Man, my brother, it's another Tuesday night. I'm ecstatic. It's almost time for the combine. That means nerds like me have their underwear up in a bunch. I'm excited, man. I love it. I love this time of season. I love this time of year. Uh, man, this is uh, I mean, this is where you're getting to see the future of the NFL at its best. There's so much news. You and I are blown away every Tuesday at the amount of stuff we have to talk about, man. Absolutely insane. I'm ready to do it. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, man. Let's go. Tonight's show is what doesn't make Carolina older makes them stronger. We've got a ton to talk about. Specifically, the old men are out of here. Adams has been given his watch, his retirement watch, and his walking papers. Munderland has gotten his walking papers. It's freed up slightly a bit, a bit of a little bit of cap room. Not about cap decision, though. I'm going to argue tonight that cutting Captain Munderland was not a monetary decision, but a defensive decision going forward. We'll be talking about these moves, how they de- how they signal that directional change. And where the Panthers are trying to look to get younger, faster, and develop a secondary that has more years ahead of them than behind them. We've also got Eric Reed sniping at Panthers.com, Bill Voth and the website. Elijah Hood signs a contract. Damian Parm signs a contract. We've got so much to talk about before we get 
to I mean the Olsen to the media, the combine. There is you I thought, Cody, this was the dead time of football. How come every Tuesday night we have more to talk about than less? It's alive, Tony Dunn. It's alive, Panther Nation. It's alive like Frankenstein, and we are the doctor putting electricity through the head, man. That's right. <laughs> We're going to fire it up tonight. All right, so if you're watching the show, we appreciate it. Like We thank you for checking in on Facebook Live, on Periscope, and we know you guys in the YouTube chat are firing away. Fantastic to have you here and part of the conversation. You can be a part of the show by calling into the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. As well as you can even jump in the damn shindig if you want and get your your pretty mug on the show. It would brighten up my, our day. It would brighten up the, the podcast because this ugly mug is a face meant for radio. Go ahead and turn your <laughs> go ahead and turn your phones from landscape to portrait smash that thumbs up button on youtube on facebook on periscope hit the retweet we want subscribes our goal is this is to double the podcast by next year and i don't think that that's an unrealistic goal because just think about it this folks if we grow panther nation grows it's the discussion among fans one person wrote me and said hey i love listening to the podcast because it sounds like we're all in the car together heading to the game chopping things up that's what this show is about it's the c3 panthers podcast and it's time to fire away cody tonight's first topic the carolina panthers and let's go ahead and cue it up the carolina panthers have decided to move on from captain munderland and all, will not be re-signing Mike Adams, who did make one last ditch appeal as a good player for this team, as a good leader in the locker room, going on 38 years old. He said, I still have football left in me, and I want to be a Panther. But this week, yesterday, the news came out that they've cut Captain Munderland and that they will not be re-signing Mike Adams. Let's see what they got to say. I think it's Ian Rappaport we got. Yeah, and it really has all been headed in one direction. It has been veterans out, younger players in. We saw it early in the year uh, with Julius Peppers obviously retired. Thomas Davis uh, announced that the Panthers were moving away from him. Got two more big ones today. First of all, Captain Munnerlin, uh, one of the locker room leaders in a slot corner for the Panthers uh, for the past couple years. And then obviously early on in his career, he was informed that he is going to be released a a more than capable cornerback now available during a free agent period when there's not a ton of those guys. And then Mike Adams, the veteran safety pops, they call him. He is also going to be released by the Carolina Panthers. What doesn't make you older makes you stronger for the Carolina Panthers. To me, this is a signal that the Panthers want a defense that has more years ahead of them than behind them. Captain Munderland, to me, not a surprising cut, nor neither of these moves surprising to me, Cody. Is any of this surprising? I don't think any of this is surprising at all. I will drop something that I read on Twitter that made a lot of sense to me. Normally, when you see a team that doesn't have a lot of salary cap space cutting players, normally it means that they have a fish that they're looking to sign. So on our own team, that might mean either Daryl Williams or another player that we're kind of hoping that it doesn't mean could be Devin Funches. So that's, you know, something to consider right there. 
other than that, the I mean, the the cuts in and of themselves, I mean, they're not a surprise at all. I mean, Captain Mullen was a liability in coverage um, last year, and, and uh, Adams as a player. I mean, we just want to be younger at the positions that matter, especially the defensive backfield. And um, Adams, I mean, he was a, a great player for us for a little while. I mean, he was a good player. Maybe I, I might not want to say great. He did his job as the free agent safety just do here in Carolina. Um, but yeah, we, we need to make a concerted effort to be younger at the faster positions on the field. And Adams was not that. So yeah, not surprising at all. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. So none of this is surprising. I was listening to Panthers Prowlcast, which is basically it's WFNZ anytime. They, every day I think they put out a podcast, but it's just clips from their radio station discussion that they've mashed together to make a podcast, which is fine and cool. I like I liked it. Darren Gant was up there today. He was predicting. He said, I would not be surprised. This was morning. This was yesterday morning. He was on air live on WFNZ, and he said, and they knew the information about Adams, right, All at this point. And he said, I wouldn't be surprised in the coming days, maybe in the next week or two, if Captain Munderland was next on this list. But all of this, fantastic. As he's live on the air, the tweet comes out from Ian Rappaport that says, hey, Captain Munderland is cut. They made this great big deal out of Darren Gant being a soothsayer. And really, realistically, Darren Gant knows a ton about this team. So let's just go ahead and say that. He knows a ton about the team and the culture. He's been following it since its existence. So I'm not trying to downgrade that. What I will say is this, is that he then went on to say that uh, Captain Munderland's contract was abominable. He described it. Now... Two years into the deal, the Carolina Panthers decide to part ways with Captain Munderland. Last year was a reunion for Captain Munderland with his team. It was a homecoming. He comes in, has difficulties. The Panthers scheme um, in last season or two seasons ago, what they were trying to do was field three linebackers, and they wanted to have Shaq Thompson in there in the nickel position. Captain Munderland does not get a lot of playing time. That first year back, it seemed like David Gettleman, who was fired that year, and the coaches were not on the same page about what they wanted Munderland and the defense to be like, how they were going to allocate Shaq Thompson in this in this look. And so Munderland has a lot of problems with the coaches. He is upset verbally with his role in the off in the defense. But next year, last year, he seems to reingratiate himself with the coaching staff. But the uh, the problem with that is Thomas Davis is out on a four-game suspension. They play a lot of nickel, and Captain Munderland not looking so good. The spotlight was not too forgiving when it came to Captain Munderland. I don't think that this was an abominable contract. What I think is this, the Carolina Panthers saved $2 million by cutting Captain Munderland. That is insignificant in the scheme of cutting a player and having to replace him because his replacement will clearly be a $2 million player, I would think, unless they're a rookie. My point being is this. The contract's not abominable. This is that we parted ways. We we saved a little money. Captain Munderland 
had his his place his skill set had deteriorated. He did not fit in rightly in Carolina. I was not surprised about this one bit. Yeah, I wasn't surprised by it at all. I mean, and how long have you and I and Joey been talking about? I mean, this is an old football team. There are guys that have been some stalwart players in our locker room, but on the field, I mean, they just weren't getting it done. And, you know, we kind of say that Munderland's old. He's only two years older than I am. He's 30. Uh, He's 30. Yeah. But when when you're undersized at your position... He's undersized. Yeah. He, he's very so. What he is, it was like is he was overcoming that size deficiency when he was younger. At this point, it is starting to show a little bit. But Munnerlin just hasn't been that good. In fact, Cody, what have most people thought that Munnerlin has been over the past season? Well, I mean, everybody, you know, there's a play that sticks out in everybody's mind. Uh, where he just was burned bad. As a matter of fact, I'll just I'll, I'll play it right now. Oh, just burned him, man. Poor Cap. Poor, burned poor Cap. like Cap Munderland. Burned, 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 burned. One more time for the folks at home. Uh, yeah, man. Listen. Uh, yeah, we're silly. <laughs> Listen, man, Captain Munderland did all right in his early years here in Carolina. And then, you know, after that, it was just kind of all downhill from here. Uh, he played well in Minnesota. Yeah. And I remember when he was at Minnesota, we had a Minnesota uh, writer, I believe, come on the show and tell us that, you know, Munderland played his best football up there. So him coming back to Carolina, we were excited about the prospects of what Captain Munderland might be able to do for us being a veteran presence, knowing the defense and knowing the team. Uh, and it just never panned out that way. In fact, last year in 2017, there were times when he was pissed off that he wasn't on the field. And well, I, know I, you think, remember that I think that, yeah, it wasn't the 20, it was his first year back. And that, and yeah. that's where, you know, I think that in 2017, that captain Munderland was probably closer to the player that the Panthers wanted him to be. He could yeah. have been that on a defense that potentially had more. Um, I mean, if you think about a pass rush on that defense, playing the nickel position. But what Munnerlin was upset about was uh, ultimately he had been courted back to Carolina to play a significant role in the defense. But that season, what we saw is this, is that the Carolina Panthers were trying to learn about Shaq Thompson so much. And then Thomas Davis continued to play fantastic in 2017, and it proved a dilemma. The dilemma was a personnel dilemma, and that is either we keep Munnerlin on the field in the nickel and we go Keekly and TD as the two linebackers, or we try to find a way to fit our first-round pick, Shaq Thompson, who is entering his fifth year as a as a as a number one pick, or not number one pick, a 25th overall first-round pick, who has not seen a lot of playing time. And what we saw is this, is that the idea was is that Shaq was too good of a player in the coach's mindset to keep on the sidelines. So they pushed Munderland to the sidelines in that, and he was upset because he thought that he was brought here and fit here. 
This is the same year David Gettleman is fired from GM. I got to wonder at this point if we're starting to see some different divergence in the vision of what... I think it was a logical move. We didn't have a nickel corner. We play nickel a ton. We need a guy yeah, that's a reliable. And then all of a sudden we bring in Munderland. It's not like his claims were bizarre. It's like you we brought you here to be a nickel corner. We need a nickel corner. But sadly, we every time we say we're playing a nickel defense, we're putting in Shaq Thompson instead of you. And then next year in the 2018 season, it just all it started to culminate, you know. And then you saw him move like injuries hit, beset the Panthers, and you try to put Captain Munderland on the outside. It just wasn't working. To me, this isn't a referendum on Captain Munderland as much as a statement of where the Panthers need to go on, and that is Munderland. Thank you for your service, fantastic Panther overplayed bigger than your size all of these different things but your best years are behind you we need guys with more future ahead of them absolutely and you know ron rivera not being the great talent evaluator that he is uh has two guys on the roster in corn elder and um uh, rashawn Golden, who uh you know really like at the nickel position or apparently our coaches um like them at that position. So, um, you know, apparently when Elder was drafted, Dave thought he compared favorably to a Captain Munderland. So I, I, I don't know, man. Um, you know, I, like I said, he was good for a while in his early years. His best years were probably in Minnesota. And then, yeah, you laid out what happened the past two years, uh, I think, pretty well. All right, so if you're thinking about Adams in this position, you're talking about now who then are the guys that step in that have the future ahead of him? I mean, Adams, obviously, look, we commit to Eric Reed. Eric Reed is going to be the strong safety here, a leader. Now in this defensive secondary, we have a budding star potentially in Dante Jackson. We have a strong player in James Bradbury. The question is, what do you do at nickel? What do you do at free safety? I think those in, the, that we can't overly speculate at what the Panthers are going to do at nickel. They could go, they could try to move and adjust a player uh, on the roster to deal with that. They could uh, try to go after this in free agency. I doubt they try to address this in the draft. Then we go to the free safety position. Mike Adams out. Is Golden the answer, Cody? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I honestly don't know because I've heard them say they want him at nickel. Uh, they've played him at free safety. Golden is such a question mark to me right now. I don't know what to what to even make of him. I don't know what uh, to think of him just from a fan perspective because you haven't seen a lot of them. And our coaches, I mean, they liked him enough to draft him in, in what I believe it was the third or fourth round. So they obviously feel he has some kind of talent. Um, I ultimately just don't know what his ceiling is ultimately going to be. I still kind of do want to kick the tires in maybe the you know the fourth or fifth round on the safety if there's one available. Maybe a Mike Bell out of Fresno State, Malik Grant out of Marshall. One of these players that you put in your free safety position and just let them roam. Let Eric Reed stay in the box. Help out Luke and Shaq in the run. Um, I would love that, but Golden... I mean, 
dude, your estimation is as good as mine, man. Because I have no idea what to think of them just because we haven't seen them enough. We don't know. Just like I just saw that Aaron Ford may be, a.k.a. Mel Mayock, may be in the chat room on Facebook. If that is you, Mel Mayock, hello. Good to see you. Where Where's the Waldo? Uh, glad to hear. The name that I love, that I miss, right? Um, and we would like to know your insight at some point into what the Panthers can do at this position. Right now, is Rashawn Golden is is that is is an important piece in the Panthers' defense going forward? The question is, is he the piece that we can uh, build that we can be confident in that will be the answer? And uh, I think the Panthers are going to have to pad it. I would like for them. Uh, I'd prefer the, for them to pad it in free agency. And the reason I say that is, is that if we go and draft a guy now, if you go and you make a statement in the first or second rounds at a free safety and you say, we're going to put a really rangy guy and have these, this Legion of boom type backfield that we're trying to develop, then, okay, I'm all right with that, I guess, but you have to fully commit what I am. What I would really like for them is to bring in a veteran to be behind Golden and to coach him up in case and then have some depth in case it doesn't work out but we'll be watching that is look is that ultimately mike adams thank you for your time here captain munderland thank you for your time but really that this was a move that freed up an insignificant amount of money overall but ultimately made a big statement about us going forward about what we want to do on this defense. And I'm going to throw in a quick topic here, Cody. Actually, before that, let's take a quick timeout and just say this. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. We're live every Tuesday night. You can follow us on Twitter, at cat underscore chronicles. We're on YouTube. Smash that thumbs up button if you're listening. And if you like the show, this is what you do. This is how you help Panther Nation grow. You take the link to the show and you send it to one friend that you know that loves the Panthers that doesn't know about the show that's a way to grow the show i'm playing i'm throwing in a added topic to a show that has too many topics right here my idea (laughs) at this point i think the panthers need to go ahead and shit or get off the pot when it comes to shaq thompson and i say this it's time to sign shaq thompson to a three-year deal sign Shaq Thompson to a three-year deal which can help minimize the nine million dollars here look are we really going to try to have these holes on defensive ends this question mark at corner the question mark at free safety right now we have three cogs in this defense we can count on Luke Keekley, KK Short and Eric Reed. we need someone else that we can feel confident about We've invested a lot in Shaq Thompson. I don't know if Shaq Thompson is great yet. I know he's not bad. I think it's time to sign him to a three-year deal and hopefully free up a little space and give us a little direction of what we can do in the draft and in free agency, Cody. Yeah, well, I mean, really, uh, you kind of have to. I mean, if you look at the depth of the linebacker position right now, dude, it just doesn't exist, man. I mean, after Shaq Zero. and Lou, yep. uh, I mean, yeah, I, I believe um, Eric uh, or David Mayo is out the door this year. 
Ben Jacobs is a coach now. Uh, I mean, no, uh, uh, we, did, we did draft the guys last year um, out of UNC and um, Maryland, and I will never remember their names until they – uh, oh God, nah! It's something, part. William. I know the Maryland guy. The Maryland kid can play. That guy, can, I uh, think uh, it's Williams. I'm not 100 percent sure with him. Williams or so, something. The like, chat room anyway, will let us know. Yeah, at some point the chat will come to our come to our rescue. But I mean, other than that, uh, yeah. Listen, especially after losing Thomas Davis, I mean, we really do need to make sure that we have a starter on the roster. I mean, right now it's a no-brainer to make sure that you have Shaq Thompson going into the year at less of a cap hit. Jermaine Carter. Carter. Jermaine Carter. Yeah, Jermaine Carter Jr. Thank you, Jeremy Clancy. Yeah. You know, we keep you around for a reason, Chat. We love you. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I really don't know why you wouldn't at this point. I I mean, Luke, as much as we love to heap the praises on him that you – can't have him out there alone by himself. Well, so here's the thing. Shaq- here's the thing with Shaq is that you can say the Carolina Panthers could say, "Look, is we haven't seen a ton from Shaq yet. We've seen look, and right. I'm wearing his jersey. Look, I bought it right away. I'm not. A, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not a hater of Shaq Thompson, but I would just say this is that I'm sad that after four years we don't know more about Shaq Thompson, and really it's not his fault. It's not even coaching staff's fault. The problem, you know, whose fault it is, is Thomas Davis's damn Thomas fault. Thomas Davis, yeah, because he I mean, just the fact that he stayed around. Yeah, he just stayed good. You know, and yeah. and here's the thing: is that I don't know if Shaq Thompson is the great what I want Shaq Thompson to be, but I know he's not bad. And this is what I do think is this, is that we... Now, if you want to say we're going to pay $9 million to Shaq Thompson this year, and it is a prove-it year, then that's fine. That they've, they've committed to the $9 million. There is a way to take that money, though, and slim it down a little bit. And the way to do that is a three-year deal, four-year deal maybe, where you have a friendly out on the back end if you're really worried about. I think we're going to learn a lot about what the coaching staff and what Marnie Herney thinks about with Shaq Thompson. If Shaq Thompson goes into this season and plays that, what do they call it, where they put the rights on you for their fifth year, the fifth year option? Yeah, fifth year option. If he, if he plays at the $9 million for the fifth year option, I would say that that is an indication, actually, that the Panthers don't really know what they think about Shaq Thompson yet. Because if you believe that he is... Could you blame him? Well, yeah, because they didn't make a decision in trying to actually... fit. Actually, I don't know. That's a great question. Well, okay, it's so a hard this, question. This, is, this, this goes back to David Gettleman, in my opinion. Because everyone loves to shit on David Gettleman. And I understand. There's been a lot of bad draft picks. But, you know, the consensus is, even though we might never know, is that Jerry Richardson wanted uh, D- uh, Dave Gettleman out because of the way that he was seemingly about to treat Greg Olson, who we're about to talk about in a second, and Thomas Davis, and that he wanted to make the roster younger and basically show them the door and say, hey, thanks for your time here. But We're, we're talking about Olson. We're talking about Davis. We're Davis. talking about a lot of names that are yeah. well beyond... 
Look, Steve Smith, D'Angelo Williams, those guys were the first wave. He really right. wanted to go after, not go after them, but if you think about what his plan was, is that Thomas Davis would have been a non-issue last year, right. as well as Olson as well. Under the plans of Dave Kettleman, that mafia member, man, uh, he we would have known more about Shaq Thompson at this point than we do now. But you know, so what uh, do you do? Everything. What do you think you do? Do you just play the nine mil, or do you try to? Do you try to just say here? I think it's too much. I think it would make Shaq feel good, and I don't know if he'd be willing. I don't think another team is going to give him a four year a big contract. And what I'm saying is this: we'll give you stability, we'll give you longevity in the league for a couple more years. You don't have to worry about injury. You sacrifice two million dollars this year, but you make seven million dollars over the long term. Well, a lot of it is how Shaq Thompson evaluates himself as a player. Excellent. You know, point. does he want Excellent does point. he want top tier money? Um, you know, but that that's something that that we just don't know yet. I mean, maybe. Shaq has a crazy high evaluation on himself. Or maybe he says, no, I understand. I haven't been able to show you. And I can be a starter, uh, a key part in a defense building forward. I think he would do it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of on the side that, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of thinking that maybe, uh, you know, it's not like unless they just cut him, they still have to pay him. I kind of think Shaq Thompson takes another year to bet on himself, takes $9 because who doesn't want $9 million, and try and play out of your mind and earn even more money for 2020. All right. So, uh, I mean, I, that's a it's a topic that I'm going to write on, folks. Shaq Thompson and his role in this defense may be one of the more important storylines of the Carolina Panthers going forward. I promise you this is that if we just pay him $9 million and say this is our last, that means this is our last season with you. Yeah. If we don't do something now, he's going to cost too much or be too less by the end of it. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, let's go to this. Look, fa- fantastic, guys. We have a ton of people watching the show. We have had fantastic numbers listening to the show. Right now, there are 44 people watching live. Thank you for taking the time out of your Tuesday night to join the C3 Panthers podcast. Hundreds more listen to the podcast throughout the week. I ask you this. Out of those 44 people right now, I'm shaming y'all. 16 thumbs up in YouTube. Come on, guys. Give us a couple of thumbs up. Share the show. It really helps far more than you think. I promise you this. We've been doing this for six years, and what it is is a grind. We have 1,800 followers on YouTube, subscribers. I feel like I've earned every single one of them. I almost know every single one of them. The chat room is lit every single week. We have a relationship here. We appreciate that, guys. Go ahead and smash that thumbs up button. Support the show. Grow Panthers Nation. Let's move on to the next topic. Greg Olson being courted. Oh, he's being courted, Cody. The yes, the media loves him, and and how can you not love the chiseled jaw of a man like that? He's a beautiful person. The ladies love him. I tell you, the only thing I don't love about Greg Olson 
There's one thing I do not love about him, and I can't even be that upset about it because he has like a charity that sells beanies or toboggans. In the South, we call them toboggans. Yeah. We call them, we call them, we don't call them toboggans in the South. We call them toboggans in the South. Toboggans. All right. But he wears the beanie, whatever the the hat. The, the cap that you wear when you're cold out, he wears it in insanely hot conditions. He wears it everywhere. It is slightly annoying to me that you see him in Spartanburg. It's 100 degrees out. He's got a damn toboggan on. He's at the Duke game. He's got a toboggan on. But I forgive him because he sells them for charity for like $1,200 a pop or whatever it is. Greg Olson, not only do the ladies love him, the Fox and ESPN love them, it seems like, too, Cody. Yeah, not only do they love them, but uh, they really want him. Uh, it seems as though ESPN wants him to replace Charles Woodson on their Monday night uh, countdown show. Uh, Charles Woodson stepped down, and uh, it, it seems as though they want him to fill that position. And Fox, uh, they have Thursday night football now. And it's being rumored that Troy Aikman doesn't want to do Thursdays and the primetime games on Sundays. So they also want him to fill that position. The problem is, uh, for Greg, he is set to earn about $3.4 million this year when all is said and done with signing bonus and all this, um, uh, all this other news. So Greg Olson... Uh, is basically weighing his options right now as to financially what is the best for him. If he wants to make another run at the Super Bowl with the Panthers or retire to the cushy chair of the broadcast booth, man. I would not be surprised if he does. I would not be surprised if he does. But I will tell you this, as much as I love him on the Panthers and ultimately I do want him to come back for one more season, I don't feel it's a Thomas Davis type situation where there's really nothing left for him to provide for the team. Um, I do think that him and Ian Thomas would be another dynamic duo for yeah. another year. Yeah. The question yeah, is, provi- does the foot work? The foot. Yeah. The foot does, it does work? the foot hold up? And it's so sad hearing him talk about it, Cody. And not sad. Yeah, it really is. Is that, but he knows this. And when you look at this, I said this on the podcast, I feel like in the past is the bone that has given him problems is so small in his foot. Like when you look at it, it's just like when you look at it on the x-ray or whatever they're looking at, I can imagine how disheartening and depressing that is to Greg Olson, that this little bone, if that, if Greg Olson's foot was a chicken wing, we would eat that little bone like gristle. It would be an insignificant. We wouldn't even know it's a bone as we tried to chew away at the meat. The point that I'm trying to make yeah. is this, is that such a small, it is, while it looks small on the ground, it's, it's really causing him problems. And you can hear how yeah. disheartened he has been, how frustrated he has been. Now, he has said he wants to play football. I believe he can. If he comes back and the foot works, he can play football. He can, like you were saying, contribute. The question yeah. is, if that foot is not right, why would he it would if if this if you have a concern that three or four weeks into the season you're gonna find yourself on the IR maybe you take this maybe the window is open to get into the media now and it might not be next year. 
It, it might be, man. And, and listen, uh, I, I am so sick and tired of hearing Jason Witten's stupid voice mumbling around on Monday Night Football. Oh, you guys are to way too hard on Witten. Everybody's no, way too hard not, dude. He is so bad, dude. Jason Witten and Booger McFarlane I was are getting absolutely the- awful. Uh, They're awful, Tony Dunn. I want to go. I want to go. I just do want to say this. Charles C. dipped, and I was going to go to his question next. He left. Yeah, I saw that. And we had a question. He wanted to know what you thought about uh, Ross Cockrell. We'll go to that next, though, because he deserves to have his question answered. But finish up on Greg Olson. The fifth four. Is it fifth four crew? Fifth four. Fifth floor crew. He wants to stick (laughs) Yeah, he wants to stick his dick in your ear, Greg Olson. And let you hear yeah. him and on ESPN. Nah, this kid, I'm kidding. No, that, in your eye, actually, in your eye. I thought it was in your ear yeah, and your eye. Uh, for, for those of you who don't know, it's very uh, adult rated. When Greg, it's Olsen awesome. It's at, so great. Was that Miami? Uh, him and the guys at Miami wrote a rap song. Uh, and it's very. Um, he said, "I no." Nah, he said, "I'm freak. It's I'm freaky. I want to stick it in your ear." I'm pretty sure about that. I'm confident. Uh, I've listened to it so many times. Look it up, it's, folks. It's in, the, it's in your in ear. The eye. Look it up. But um, yeah, man, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm um, I, I do think that Greg and I said this before. Greg Olson was known for his durability. I mean, he had never for missed so a snap long. for so a, long. Yeah. Uh, since his first season in Chicago, he had all the um, way to this yeah, stupid foot. Snap. All the way, yeah. To the now fucking... everyone, yeah. Now everyone thinks about the foot and the the injury. Um, it's unfortunate, man. He loves being a part of this team. Um, I think that him and Cam Newton are bigger friends on the outside of football than we even know. I think they really are boys. Um. So, well, yeah, I know I they think, are. Uh, I know they are. Yeah. And the reason I know they are is because I have what I love. You know what has made ingratiate? I know people love the way that um, Greg Olson has played. I know that they love the story that surrounds his children, and and it is is beautiful. Yeah, what, what his family has endured, what they go through. I think the Greg Olson. Yeah, I think I think that Greg Olson has stepped up and been such a vocal leader. Uh, for this team in a time where you had problems with general manager that may have been a little bit due to him also as well as the 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 craziness that surrounded the owner greg olson has been from the very first moment and said that cam newton has been the reason his career has succeeded he is a ride or die supporter when it comes to Cam Newton, Absolutely. another guy that's like this is Ryan was like this was Ryan Khalil. And I'm telling you, you know what is ingratiated more and more to me than their play is that they know as Greg Olson goes out there and he fights for his quarterback. I love that because we do that each and every Tuesday night here, Cody. Absolutely, man. He's one of us. And, uh, I mean, let's not forget that with Cam Newton throwing Greg the football, Greg is the first tight end in NFL history with three consecutive seasons of 1,000 receiving yards. Greg Olson is the first one to do it. Now, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey just recently matched it, but no other uh, tight end in history had ever done it before. 
Greg Olson was the first one with Cam Newton throwing him the football. He's always been one of the biggest defenders of Cam Newton. I love Greg. I love what he does in the community with his foundation. Uh, how about this? He should have been the Walter Payton Man of the Year, damn it. He was snubbed hard two years in a row. Greg Olson's the man. I love him. We all love him. And no matter what he does, man, I, I definitely will always be a fan. So if he if he it. retires, if he retires in two months and jo- and takes the broadcasting job next month, are you happy for him? I, I'm ha- I'm happy for him, but I don't think he will. Okay. I, I think that you will see Olsen on the field. Uh, at, at the start of uh, the 2019 We could really season, use him this year. We could really use him yeah. this year in the locker room because I promise you this, is that while there, we we need a couple of, of stable bodies to bolster Cam. And it's not because yeah. it's necessary for Cam, is that it's worth, Cam deserves to have some other guys on this team other than him being the only voice. The only, you know, coming off an injury, I really hope he comes back. If he if he does go to this uh, broadcasting crew, I will re- always refer to him as saying, thank you from up there on the fifth floor for that commentary of that play right there. Stick it in your ear. Cody says it's your eye. Pretty sure it's your ear. Let's go on this. We've got so much to talk about. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Uh-huh. It's every Tuesday night. We're on Overtime Media. If you hear this, if you hear Overtime Media, that means that you're listening to a podcast that has been reliable, that has been productive through the past, and we thank you for uh, their background, their support here. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Let's move on to the next subject. Eric Reed. Now, uh, Eric Reed is a controversial figure, Cody. He, yes, should, he, is. he shouldn't be as much as he is. I think some of it is unwarranted. I think some of it is warranted in some cases. He likes to touch the button a little bit. Now, I was at the bar tonight. I like, every day we every Tuesday we drop off my daughter at karate and there's this like little uh tap bar like a craft beer place and we go and have a couple beers there while we're waiting for our daughter. I know that's good parenting right there. <laughs> but I go in there and I tell him this guy and he's like, oh, he's a Panthers fan. Tell him about the podcast. And the guy beside him is a Denver Broncos fan. And I said, look, is I said, yeah, we've been doing the longest running Panthers podcast. He goes, oh, you got to get rid of Cam Newton. I was like, oh, God. Oh, one like, of those. Man. I was like, I, yeah. he's, a, he's a non-Panther fan, though, but immediately. And I was like, all right, well, that's no. All right, thank you for your input, but like we, I said, I told him, I, I told him this. I said, the, the my buddy Cody and I who do the podcast right now is that we take the opposite stance of anything you feel. We are the complete opposite. Then he goes on. Then I said, look, and I was talking to the Panthers fans, like, look these moves today. What we're talking about tonight is Monterland Adams moving along, and what that signals to me is KK. Luke Keekley and building now around Eric Reed. And he goes, Eric Reed, cancer. The other guy, I was like, first of all, we're not talking. There's a lot of them. Yeah. We're not talking to you, man at the bar, who is a Denver Broncos fan, who is also a, probably a redneck from North Carolina. 
at the same time, my point was is this, is that I don't really give a crap what you think about Eric Reed as a person is that ultimately came in and contributed to the team. So I was like the whole and his teammates, they're kind of supportive of it. Not kind of, they are vocally supportive of him. I said, so your, I, your description in one word that he's a cancer is hyperbole. And what then now is we're getting to though, is though slightly, I do have this one thing that is concerning about Eric Reed. Go ahead and put it up one more time, Cody. Eric Reed comes after a little bit after Bill Voth from Panthers.com. Panthers.com has been asked a little bit about potentially Colin Kaepernick coming to the Carolina Panthers because Colin Kaepernick's agent signaled that this could be a decent fit for him. Now, my question to you is this, is that then Eric Reed fires shots and says, look, uh, Kaepernick did not lose his job. He's tagging almost Bill Voth. And Bill Voth said that he did not say lose his job. Is just that Blaine Gabbert took the job, like stepped into the role because of injury. My one concern about Eric Reed is this, is that I believe that 98% of his criticism is right. But is this too far where you're calling out the reporter of the team? And he didn't really emphasize that he didn't say Blaine Gabbert took beat him out. He said that Blaine Gabbert took over as Colin Kaepernick was struggling with injury. I'm a little concerned at this point that Eric Reed is slightly too sensitive on important issues right now. And then he goes on to say, I've got Kaepernick's number is this weird that that he's or actually is it not weird is am i this is the first kind of red flag to me about eric reed it's not about him it's like why is he firing shots over something so small so first is it weird uh absolutely uh but uh first and foremost before i go any further uh it here we are another tuesday night and susan dean drops a 15 dollar love bomb she's the best in the chat i saw her we with love a, susan. she's wonderful i saw her with a picture of the c3 voice of panther nation oh, yeah. not. she's looking fly as hell just repping the best panthers podcast there is man thanks to susan you know we love you you're a part of the c3 family now back to Eric. Uh yeah, it's weird, man. Is it too um, and, I feel uh, like it was too trivial like too small. And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna uh play the, the other one that uh that you uh put up here because I think that it kind of plays into what I'm saying. Uh if the Panthers sign Colin Kaepernick, do you think Eric Fried would try and sabotage Cam Newton's starting job? This I is honestly from think that at three testes. All right, so the the at three testes. And by the way, I give anybody. I I think that this tweet rises up in the ranks of um, legitimacy to me because he's referencing the AAF with Apollo's SCN. I love AAF football. So right <laughs> now he's saying this. It's actually, it sounds silly. It sounds like a uh, conspiracy theory, JFK, JFK, man on the grassy knoll type thing. But gosh, 
being that, I feel like Bill Voth is this one of those guys that was trying to be very judicious and cautious with his language with anything that comes to Eric Reed in support of him. And then he comes out and is like attacking him slightly over something that was not clear that Bill Voth did not phrase it that he beat him out. No, and you know, I'm a, I mean, listen, I'm of the mindset that this team lives and dies with Cam Newton. You and I both know that. You and I both say that. Um, I, I do think that with Colin being his best friend, yeah, I think that he wants to be on the team where Colin Kaepernick is the quarterback of the football team and he's playing safety, and that would be vindication if they both won another Super Bowl together, uh, you know, with everything they were fighting for. Um, I mean, we've talked about Cap. We don't want him. I don't want him because I don't want to spend money on a team where there's so many holes on a backup quarterback. I just think that's redundant, you know, on a player. We are ride or die with Cam. We're ride or die with Cam. 100%. If we don't have Cam, I don't care who you put in there. I don't care. Is that, all right, maybe... A st- maybe in a lot I just don't feel like we're one player away from a Super Bowl anywhere and if you take away Cam Newton we're like 12 players away from a Super Bowl alright so we're going to try this out Holy we cow. have a friend, a loved one a founding C3 family member on the show right now Joe Riolano are you there our dear friend I'm here yes yeah! Glad to be on again. Um, God, I miss me, you, Joe. I miss you so much, brother. It, it's been a while. You're right. It has been we a while. We did you on the show, man. Happy it to have you. Of, it was a couple of things. Being under the weather with pneumonia again and stupid computer issues. But um, I think that's resolved now. So good to go. Amen, brother. My favorite person in the world, Joe Riolano, other than my wife and my children and my mother. Right, you know Joey. (laughs) You know the people that outrage you, but Joey is my bro, and I'm so happy to hear your voice again. I'm so glad you're here. Joey, we're tired, as Lynn said, about the Kaepernick talk. What is strange about this, Joey, I'm going to turn the mic over to you and you'll close this topic on it, is that I hated Kaepernick prior to all of the statements that he made politically because he comes to Carolina, he does the stupid button-ups, Panthers, like button-ups. Yeah, yeah, all of that. that. That's why I hated him. Now, when all the the crap unfolded, I... I would say I, I basically is this is I just refused to be a person that was going to be a, just so angry at him individually from his position. But now he's settled. Now it seems like they have tried to put this at least him and Eric Reed in the past. And now I'm back to hating Ka- Ka- uh, Kaepernick because I don't want him on the Panthers. Not because I feel he would be disruptive because Cam Newton is our archangel Michael. He's our warrior, baby. It's time. We don't need Cam. Is that if we had Colin Kaepernick, would we be bad? No. But would we be Cam good? No. Joey, 
where do you stand with the Carolina Panthers? I almost and the backup quarterback. I heard Darren Gant said we should pick a backup quarterback in the second round. I almost vomited on the radio when I heard him say that. Yeah, that would be a little, that would be well. Look who it's coming from, and yeah, well, he's cool, he's right cool, here. but good God, second round. Oh. Yeah, that. Um, as far as Colin Kaepernick goes, uh, I frankly am sick of hearing it. Um, I just wish somebody would pick him up already, so we don't have to hear our supposed fans even talking about it. Um, yes, it's similar to Cam Newton in some ways, but he's not Cam Newton. And remember, we had this argument way back when he got drafted and he was, uh, uh, people were making such a big deal. I think Ron Jaworski said he was going to be the Oh, yes, Joey. Joey is pulling back from the archives. That Um, joke, we had a real show where we debated this over and over. And we brought our good friend, um, listening Pete from out west. Panacy. Pete Panacy. Right. He came on and we talked about it. We debated with him about it. Um, he's a 49ers writer. Uh, I, was it for Bleacher Report now? Anyway, yep, yep. for somebody. And um, we we had a big show about that. But um, Kaepernick has been out of football for a couple of years. Um, and just too much baggage and... It's not even worth discussing anymore, really. Um, we, Cody, you said it. We have too many other areas of need yeah. to be worried about spending money on a Kaepernick. We need to be rooting for Kaepernick to get a job on a team that needs a quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. We and don't so need a quarterback, do we, Cody? Well, no, uh, well, okay, so listen, uh, uh, you know, it's common practice for teams, even with franchise quarterbacks, to draft guys in the later rounds that they like, that they think can run their system on the off chance that something does happen. So there's a guy named Tyree Jackson, who I'm, I really do like as a backup quarterback for Cam Newton. Maybe the fourth or fifth round, I would love that if he was there. Um, coincidentally enough, it was the quarterback at Buffalo, and that's an ongoing joke in our chat about sending players to Buffalo. Uh, before we go <laughs> any further, before we go any further, Josh from Mass, oh my gosh, $28, $28.03, never forget, and we will never forget, Josh, that the Falcons lost, lost the 28. Worst <laughs> out of any team in the Super Bowl. Josh, you're legendary, and we love you, Gosh, that might be... I mean, there's a conflux right there of being a great part of the C3 Panthers podcast, a conflux of being a great Panthers fan, and a conflux of throwing the fucking middle finger to the Atlanta Falcons. Sorry for the language. There's so much, so many layers to that. Josh from Mass, thank you so much. And thank you so much for the people in the chat room that are just chatting it up. That's all you got to do is be and jump in the car with us. We're picking you up. We're heading to the game. We're chopping up the Panthers football. 
I can tell you, I got a third or fourth win. I hear Joey's voice. I'm so excited to have the freaking Puerto Rican <laughs> back on the show. No, I'm telling you, this makes it means a lot to me to be back with my bud. This. Let's go, Joey. We're gonna move on from the Kaepernick because really we don't want to. Ta- I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. One last question, real quick. Yeah. Um, what team would you not want Kaepernick to, to go to other than the Panthers? In other words, what team do you think might could actually use him and he could help them be much better? Mm, I mean, I felt he should have been in Jacksonville last year. Uh, considering Bortles is a dumpster fire, I don't it's know if there's. Yeah, I don't know if there's any team I don't want him on. I mean, yeah, because in, in the division right now, it yeah. seems like we're pretty settled. But there is question marks at this point when it comes to Tampa Bay. They That's could, where it scares me. I'm and, scared of him going there and Bruce Arians turning him around. And him getting back to that Super Bowl form. Well, how about Drew Brees only has one year left on this contract, and Sean Payton being a uh, you know an offensive mastermind or whatever the hell they label him now? You know, um, I mean, I don't know if that would happen, but I don't know. Are, are any of you afraid of Colin Kaepernick at this point? No, not right now. No, and. I didn't. I think this is that I do want. To, I kind of want to defend Bill Voth on this against Eric Reed. I thought Eric Reed was reaching slightly in saying, "Hey, like he didn't lose his job," because I don't think Bill Voth wrote that. Like he lost to Blaine Gabbert. He did imply that it was injury ridden. I do think this though is that Bill Voth raised a question early that was kind of tough and that is we don't know if he can play still i mean i mean i think that might be a little exaggerated i just would say this is we don't know what he is right now that's it is that whether he i mean is that whether he can play or not play i think that's hyperbolic or whatever my point being is this is that look two years out of the league is that you don't know a lot about him. Maybe that's good for Colin Kaepernick. There's zero bad tape on Colin Kaepernick for two years. Mm-hmm. You know? There's right. zero bad yeah, tape right. on that. And But I am not ready. I don't think that this is that it's not a Kaepernick thing. It's not a Nealon thing. Is the Carolina Panthers need to ultimately say Cam Newton or bust. That's what I think. We yeah. don't have enough. We don't have any other things. That's going to really help us. We got so many other parts we got to address. Let's move on with the show now to, uh, I think, oh, and Joey, Lynn said, send them to the Dolphins and nobody would care about them. <laughs> true that. True that. Um, some news tonight, Cody. Let's go ahead and put this up. Parms, uh, the Panthers did sign some depth signings. They have signed uh, Damian Parms' safety. We have heard about him uh, in the past. We have not gotten to see a lot of him. The Panthers coaching staff has talked him up a good bit, but he has suffered like hamstring injuries and some things that sidelined him early in the preseason, and he found himself off the team quickly. So they sign him. This seems like a depth signing that you're trying to build a little depth behind maybe Golden, behind maybe Eric Reed. 
But also, they've signed Elijah Hood, who looked fantastic. I'm going to be honest. Really yeah. looked like he could be a player and a contributor. Played great on special teams, then had a tough leg injury to land him on IR. These moves, they may be inconsequential to the national media, Cody, but these seem like important roster-building moves going into free agency. Yeah, I mean, very important. Um, Listen, I, I even shout out Susan on this. I had no idea who Damian Parms was until she mentioned him and tagged us on Twitter. <laughs> I, I, I honestly had no idea that the dude was even uh, a guy who – uh, who lived and breathed. I didn't even remember him. So um, whether or not he's on the team, I mean, we'll, we'll see. He'll have his shot to do it. Um, this seems like a depth signing to me, which I have no problem with. That's a part of the part of what you have to do. Elijah Hood, I'm happy about. Because he was injured on like the first play of the last preseason game. Yeah, and he I looked good. He again. Yeah, and he was looking great, man. Uh, this is a guy that went to I believe uh, um, Charlotte. Carolina. Catholic. No, I think it was. Oh, yeah. But I think yeah, he played yeah, at yeah, UNC. Yeah, right. He, he played at Carolina. Yeah, he went to UNC. He went to UNC, but he played high school football right here in Charlotte. So he's a hometown guy. Uh, he's a bruiser. He's a powerful runner. I think that he would be the perfect complement to Christian McCaffrey. I'm hoping that it works out or that he at least – um, how about this? Get some love that Cameron Artist Payne never received. How about that? <laughs> Joe, I think that would that, be uh, yeah, awesome. Is that right now is that there are some question marks. Christian McCaffrey played like 100% of the offensive snaps last year. Right now, if the Panthers brought back Cameron Artist Payne, I might not... I don't even know how I can feel about the Panthers. That's what I would say is that this is like, gosh, that it's not going to happen. That's the most they've already made this statement, which is bad by them, I believe. But the Panthers do not have anything at the current moment behind Christian McCaffrey. This may be slightly some running back depth. I feel like this is special teams depth. Joey, I got to ask you an off-the-wall question. You're not prepared for this. Have you watched any of the AAF? Orlando Apollo, baby. Oh, I am Salt Salt Lake City Stallions all the way, ride or die. Um, Yeah, I've definitely watched it. I've enjoyed it. It's been um, entertaining. What, What do you think about this? Is the reason I bring that up? Is that Trent Richardson, who was known for being overweight, who um, looks physically just chiseled at this point, scored three touchdowns for the uh, for the Birmingham Iron. Do you maybe consider bringing in a power back of a guy of low dollars, a Trent Richardson? I know that most people are going to laugh when I say that. But we got to have somebody behind Christian McCaffrey. And while I think Elijah Hood is an important addition to the team, I don't know if that's enough. Um, I mean, he was, he was really good in college. Um, I think he's matured a bunch uh, from where he was when he was in the league earlier. 
Um, it, you know, he looked pretty good, and what's it hurt to bring him to camp and see right. what he can do? Right, but do you think that that is enough, Joe? Like, we gotta, I feel like this is that's a good, important signing, but we cannot say that it's Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Hood going forward. Wouldn't that be right. a little no, tough? No, I wouldn't feel comfortable just doing that. We definitely need to bring somebody in, and he, you know, he he's proven he can do it before. Um, so sure, let's bring in, bring him in, and you know, see see if he can get back to his rookie form. Well, we got we can't bring in uh, Anderson, CJ. Like, I mean, we have to have something to compliment. I agree. I agree. Him. And I'm and I know that that's kind of a bizarre example in Trent Richardson, but I think it would be cheap. I think it would be a guy that has played in the really? NFL a little bit. I do think Big we upside. Yeah, I think we got to have somebody that look, is that the end of the day as people could make fun of that that idea and it probably is far-fetched and wild. But at the same time, what I am arguing is this, is that Christian McCaffrey is going to be the guy. You don't need a star behind him, but you mm-hmm. do need a, you need the kind of Ron Dane to the Tiki Barber. You need the um, Jeremy Bettis to, who was it? Was it, who was the fast guy? Was it, oh gosh, they had that fifth round pick that went crazy. You kind of need a guy that can take some of the load off. And yeah. we we really need to start thinking about that going forward. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. The You can be a part of the show by calling in the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. Holy cow. We have had so much to talk about. We're already uh, an hour into the show, Cody. And we've barely scraped the surface what we've been doing each and every week. And I actually, we before we get into what we're doing, I do want to ask you as fans in the chat room to tell us what you think about this Kaepernick stuff. I know I'm fatigued about it, so I actually don't want you to talk about Kaepernick stuff. But what do you think the Panthers are going to do running back? We've talked about safety issues and concerns on the other side. Can Galden be the guy? We want to hear from you. The number's 252-228-5098. Jump in that conversation on the youtube chat on face on facebook uh periscope give us a share tell one panthers friend about the show it really helps us let's go to this cody cody is uh, so excited about the underwear olympics approaching that he's (laughs) he's so finally happy that we can briefly put on pause the segment that we've been doing for the last month and that is get to better know a potential Panthers free agent because he's ready to move on to the next segment, which is getting to know <laughs> a potential Panthers draft. But the last one tonight, Cody. Counting the days, baby. Who are we? Who is the potential free agent that we are thinking about tonight and how they could fit in with the Panthers? So tonight is a super Saiyan version of Jarius Wright. Tonight, we are going to be previewing Golden Tate, wide receiver, originally from the Lions. He 
went to the Eagles this past year. He was traded. And the man is a monster, man. You throw the ball to him on the sideline as you sit here, and he is good to go. He is a yards-after-catch receiver. He's lightning fast. And as you can see, he has the bravado, so he would fit in very well with Cam Newton and the Panthers. Um, I think, ultimately, Golden Tate is what they hope DJ Moore will kind of turn into, maybe a little bit more of a higher ceiling than Tate. Um, He's a fast receiver. You can throw him the deep ball, and he's dynamic with the ball in his hands. He's better after the catch than anything. Yeah, uh, he is the type of receiver, but when the ball is in his hands, he's making a play. And honestly, if you look at Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, this is the type of player that we have been trying to put on the team and put around Cam Newton. I mean, even if you look at Christian McCaffrey, the ability to uh, you know run the ball between the tackles and being such a powerful receiving threat, this is the type of player they want to put around Cam Newton. Uh, it's been reported that Philadelphia is not going to sign him for uh, another year uh, into a brand new contract. So that means he is a free agent player that is available for us to bring on to the team. And, I mean, if you look at what, like I said, what we have done, he fits perfectly with what we want to do here in Carolina. And if you want to add to the weapons that Cam Newton has, I mean, this might be the, the best move for us to make this offseason. Joe, I'm going to let you go first because I am of not of a good feeling right now when it comes to Golden I, Tate. I like Golden Tate. I've always liked him. I thought he um, I thought he was Stafford the best receiver um, oh, yeah, yeah. for the last couple of years. Way better um, than I thought he was. Very productive. Very productive. And if I'm if I'm thinking correctly, he's pretty injury free. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You're right. He has been himself. very reliable. Um, so I, I can see that definitely being an asset. I just wonder where my receiver is on a list of priorities. Right. Um, that's my only concern, but definitely. It would be an asset. All right. So I'm going against the grain right here. I say no, no, no to Golden Tate. And the reason I say this is one is less to do with Golden Tate and one with me as just a poor evaluator of talent myself is I just assumed that Golden Tate was an okay receiver and he turned out to be very good. So I'm kind of like holding that against him a little bit. When I watch him, <laughs> when I watch him, he looks like, he kind of looks like to me, is that, yeah, is he fast? Yeah, kind of, but he's not super fast. He doesn't look super athletic. He's short. He's not strong. He's kind of the guy that goes and plays at the basketball game at the gym who is unathletic, but is just super effective. And you're like, other guys are running as hard as they can. They're shooting like they're trying the most. And this dude is just getting rebounds, putting up easy layups. Part of this is on me, is that I don't 
I misjudged how good Golden Tate was. So I also don't want him to be as good as he is, but want him to be as of my expectations. But when it comes to the Carolina Panthers, though, is I feel like it's too much of a duplication of talent, Cody. And that's mm. what I'm worried about. Yeah, is I that, understand. Is that right now is that we have a guy. I think DJ Moore is that guy that's very similar to a Golden Tate, like you said, exactly with a higher ceiling. Are you going to put out there Golden Tate, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel? Is that the lineup that is best in the goal in the in the when you get into the red zone? And on paper, I would say no. But then at the same time, I see how great and how much wiggle Golden Tate has. And maybe yeah, my own, right there. yeah, maybe my own bias is the reason I say no. But he's undersized to me. That's the concern. No, and I understand that. And I even remember the first time I was on this show was during the draft night. And when we drafted DJ Moore, I wasn't really happy with the pick at the time because I thought that Curtis Samuel was that for us. I felt that they were kind of similar in what they do. So I understand what you're saying and that there's a bit of redundancy if you add Tate to the roster right now because it's very similar to guys that we already have. Um, And on top of that, to add even to your uh, argument a little bit is that we have Jarius Wright on the receiver right now uh, on the yep. roster right now cheap who's a, who's a, a, cheaper yeah, a much, up, much cheaper option, a third down player um, and you know uh, it, it doesn't look like we're going to sign Devin Funches to an extension um, uh, at least if we are it hasn't happened yet no we're not if we do how about this you if, hope we hope we hope not but if, you never look, know what I've been pro Marty Herney train since we go when we went with him I thought it was effective I thought it was an efficient decision did I think he was the best option in the entire vacuum no but I thought it worked and I thought uh, Marty Herney was pretty good at the draft if yeah. Marty Herney the the people say that what's jacked up about him is giving people contracts that don't deserve it or inflated contracts at least at, at the very least Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams were good. Devin Funches yeah, has not shown that. Devin Funches has not showed that. Devin Funches is no longer welcome in Carolina. And I'm and not Devin saying Funches I hope not he drafted by Marty Herney too. Exactly. And there's the thing, but yeah, there's this thing where GMs they don't like to sign players that they didn't bring on the football team. There's not the emotional attachment. Yeah, unless they're Cam or Luke or. You know, a player that is, you know, someone that is a, a stalwart member of the franchise. Um, Especially when they had a year like Funches had last year. I'm oh, yeah. yeah. In a contract so year, Joe? Joe, so in a drops. contract year, you have that? Yeah. yeah. Right. Because a lot of us who were kind of hard on him to start, I softened. You want to talk about this? And look, shout out to Ken D. In the chat room, it says, I remember Cody didn't like DJ Moore, but kudos to you, yep. Cody. You accepted it and kept an open mind. Yeah, I did not like the Devin Funches selection. The reason being, we traded up for a guy that arguably, I think realistically, we could have fallen to us, right? Is that we mm-hmm. traded up to get Devin Funches. There was no need. 
There was mm-hmm. zero need to trade up for Devin Funches. A stain on Devin, uh, on Gettleman's record. But then I started, I was so hard on Funches that, uh, the early year because of that. Like, I felt like I held on to the fact that that's not his fault that we traded up for him. Right? But I held on to it. And then I softened a little bit on Devin Funches. And then last year, he makes me think, again, I'm back to original perspective when it comes to dem funches and i gotta say this i was right all along you cannot trust a man whose favorite food is salad salad <laughs> you have been on that consistently Can't brad, trust dugan in the, brad dugan in the chat said frontage would drop the contract offer like he dropped <laughs> probably not wrong with that one um, he's not wrong yeah we, we, that, that is a decision that we will have to make sometime soon no we uh, will not have I, to make a decision about it is if it happens uh, we have to hope. make a decision can you we continue hope. oh my god if you that happens hope, no let me let me tell you why i, I don't think it's far-fetched i i think that you know knowing that greg olson probably has another year I think that there's a familiarity that Cam Newton has with Devin Funches that he, you know, has yet to build up with other players on the offense with, uh, you know, uh, uh, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. Now Ryan Khalil is no longer on the football team. Uh, maybe they do it for Cam. I don't know. I hope it doesn't happen. But I'm just saying, if it does happen and we sign Devin Funches to another contract, I'm not surprised. Um, on tape, I will be floored. I will be yeah, floored. I mean, You're not I, surprised. I, mean, I would be floored if that happens. Uh, all right, Joey, well, you be the tiebreaker. Would yeah, you Joey, be? You would you be? Would you be? You only have two options. Would you not be surprised, or would you be floored? <sighs> Deep thoughts. I, 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 would, I would be surprised. Yeah. All right. He's right. All right. I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, Look, I, 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 I think I, I think if he does get signed, it's going to be to like a one-year deal. If he does get signed, but I don't think it'll happen. I want to give continued shout-outs to Ken D, who may be my soulmate, my YouTube and Twitter soulmate. He said this. <laughs> he said, I still say it's Ted Ginn with the hands issue. It's why I call him Daisy. He catches it. He catches it not. If that's is that Ken die? It might be Ken die. It has to be. be. And he uses that Daisy comment a lot. So that's got to be Ken die. My point is this: is ultimately, is that I think that uh, is that he has stone hands, stone stone hands. Ted again about the Ted again. Let's move along. Guys, let's uh, now move on to this. Is that uh, what's next? Oh, Cody, we got a uh, what we're talking about now. We got to jump into the cat calls. We've we've already yeah. done. We have done so much tonight. We might have to cut it short. Quickly going in this is let's jump into these cat calls and see what you guys got to say. The number is two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. You can be a part of the longest running Panthers podcast, the C three Panthers podcast. Just call in, leave a message anytime, and let us know what you think about this backup quarterback situation. Actually, I don't really want... That's the least thing I want you to talk about. 
I want you to talk <laughs> yeah. about. I really do. Is I, I really don't want you to talk. I want you to talk about should we be drafting Devin offensive? Yeah, Devin Funches is a better topic. Should we be drafting offensive linemen in the first or second round? Is Darren Gant Darren Gant on smoking weed at the point where he says we need a backup <laughs> quarterback in the second? I am understanding of the backup quarterback stuff, but the second? I was thinking fourth or fifth. But here, you can have your voice heard on the C3 Panthers podcast. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's jump into these calls. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, Very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good like... Hi guys, it's Rich calling from England, uh, just wandering around thinking about it. So, first thing, farewell to Mike Adams and Captain Munlin. Uh, you think you're sad to see them go, but age is certain that, well, I don't know how much it was catching up with Mike, but he'd been pretty decent for two years, but certainly time to move on. And I think Captain's basically wasn't quite there last year. The certain long situation we were in all the time last year. Basically, everything kept going through into that middle section. Um, whether it was Mike, whether it was Captain, whether it was their misunderstanding. But, I mean, I was tweeting you guys, Tony and uh, Cody, about it as it happened. Two fantastic first down, first and second down. It's third and 15. Bang, 17 yards. Yes, we Pretty were terrible. Yeah, we were awful um, on third down. So, yeah, hopefully Eric Reed's now in that place. Maybe Golden comes in, maybe Cornelder comes in, or maybe we look in the draft, I don't know. Um, but those two guys, I'm desperate for them to re-sign Kyle Love. I'm getting oh, he loves... Not make it My man London. loves Kyle Me, Love. London fan club. Um, I do too, man. But it's good. last year plus one more year. See how we go. Well, it might depend what they do in the draft. Um, yeah, I've been having lots of fun, lots of mock draft things out there. You've probably seen the draft network one got released. And everybody's doing it. Thousands and thousands of mock drafts. Um, uh, yeah, a lot it. of drafts. We're getting Quinn, uh, Jonah Williams dropping to us, which would just be absolute mana oh, from heaven. That's left mana. Alabama mana from heaven. Great. I don't know. I don't think it'll happen. I think it's going to be too good. But like I said the other day, I really think we're going to get a decent player is going to be there. It might be Cleveland Farrell. It could be Williams. It could be Jawan Taylor. Love uh, that. Keep playing around with the mocks and doing all sorts of crazy things. Other names to look at: Charles Amenahu, possibly in the uh, second. Yeah, um, we've Shorty previewed Gunn, Charles on here. Florida, the safety. Um, but again, these guys look like they're going to go between twenty and forty before we get a second pick. Um, and that beating beating the Saints the last day Maybe. of the season is starting to look painful. So uh, just have to see now. Anyway. Um, hopefully everyone's following the combine. Uh, see what happens with the track meet. See how good everyone looks in their pants. Um, Underwear Olympics, baby. And basically go from there. All right, guys. Looking forward to the podcast. Keep pounding. Thank you, Rich. You're my dude right there. Let's see what else we got. Hey, Panther Podcast. G. This is my boy G. G. Kavarcia. Yeah. Hey, I got a little situation my for you. Two y'all. favorite people. This is something to make y'all think for tonight, man. Now, All right. 
we all know, you know what I'm saying, Mike Adams is not with us no more, and Captain Merlin is not with us no more. Thank, Thank God. Jesus. I never Thank that Jesus. I'm going to leave it like that. <laughs> but I was reading online, and I thought about this. What would you guys think about us trying to get high foot and dicks from the Redskins? I think that would be pretty good, you know. Mm. To me, you team him with Reed, I think I think that'll be pretty good. But one of the things that I was really, really, really thinking about is come this draft. Like I told you, I called here before and said, would you rather go offense or defense? Now, like I told you guys before, I mean, to me, I really like that dude, Jonah Williams out of Alabama to play tackle. I think he could be a first-day starter. Oh, yeah. That's my opinion. But another dude that I noticed was the young man, what's his name, Cody Ford out of Oklahoma. You know, he oh, can play yeah. offensive tackle and he can play guard. guard. You know, those two, the short guard offensive Great line, I think that's good. Now, when it comes to defense, <laughs> now, Cody, you said this before, man. He's got a first name of Cody and a last name of Mel White falls to pick 16. Yes. Devin White, the linebacker out of LSU. Uh, I would man, love that pick so much. Man, that him next to Luke Keekley. Oh, my God. That, that, I know. They'd never be able to run the ball. Really good, you know. And to me, if we can't get him, what do you think about, you know, Clinton Farrell out of Clemson? You know, we could play outside Oof. linebacker. You know, I know, man. Joey would love that. Defensive end, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's something. I see a lot of people see us taking – Sweat, Montez Sweat out of Mississippi State. And I believe he can play outside linebacker and defensive end, too. So it's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of things that cross my mind. So, you guys, give me your opinion. Me personally, I want to tackle to keep um, Cam Newton up. And people need to quit saying that we're going to pick up Antonio Brown. We don't have the damn money for that. Hey, man. real, man. I'm sick and tired of people saying that. I'm with you. Okay? I don't even so want to talk about it. Like... All the people I named and keep pounding. My man, G. So, okay, uh, he mentioned Jonah Williams, and we've said this name before. And if you follow any of the draft process, I mean, that's been the name that everybody talks about. And what and you've talked so. about, and what you have talked yeah. about is that you have always said if this guy falls to the mid, go for him. I would love it, man. And see, what's interesting to me now is it's looking now like uh, the tackle from Florida – his name is Jawan Taylor. He played right tackle, but it's not really that much of an issue to move a right tackle from left. Hell, we saw Taylor Moten do it last year. Uh, a lot of people are saying that uh, he's every bit of what Jonah Williams is. So maybe one of them, if it's not Jonah Williams, maybe Jawan Taylor falls into our lap. Uh, the guy he mentioned, Cody Ford, that's another player who uh, played right Great tackle. Great name. Great name. Perfect name, strong, powerful, first name, name Cody, last name Mel Mayock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and and yes, the, the the versatility to be able to put inside also, and the Panthers love drafting players that are flexible and that you can move them around on the offensive line. They're versatile enough to be able to play to be played wherever you need them to. Um, as much as I want to. Uh, draft offensive line and defensive line, and I hope that we do. The the best selections in the draft for us might not even be at those positions. You heard him say Devin White. That's the best linebacker in the draft. He's still new to the position. He was a fullback in high school, um, but he is dominant. He's fast, powerful, 
I'm telling you, man, him next to Luke, yeah, everyone's Shaq who? Shaq what? Uh, is, I'm, I'm a bit. If that's the case, then actually, I want to ask you this. Yeah, go ahead. If you are, if you do that, do you be the jerk facility who then cuts Shaq right then? Um, I don't know if you would do it right then because you have time, still- right? Don't you have time like before the draft? No, I think like but imagine that joey imagine picking a linebacker to replace shaq thompson and what he could have been in the first round and saying shaq we're paying you nine million dollars to be a backup next year i don't think that's reasonable i don't think that's reasonable if we pick a linebacker in the first or second rounds, I think you got to cut Shaq. The decency of the human being for Shaq Thompson, let him go out in free agency. Am I, I weird? So. Am, is that weird? I don't know that that will happen. Uh, and, and in fact, I'm pretty certain that it won't. But when you have Devin White, we are not um, I, picking I'm a linebacker you. in the first fucking round. And that's what you, how about this, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I don't that's want what we to. said. That's what we said when we had John Beeson. Yep. And, and who was Thomas dying? Davis. And Joe, who did you want that year? I'm going to tell Luke the name. Luke. He played. Luke. No, no, you did not. <laughs> he yeah, wanted. No, you wanted Maurice. Clay, Maurice Claiborne. The running back? No, no. The who's the, the he's a defensive back for yeah, the Jets he's a now. Tackle, right? No. The, who is the guy? The the Cowboys drafted him. He was a cornerback out of oh, LSU. Oh, oh, um, yeah, I know who you're talking oh, about. Some Claiborne. Some Claiborne. Yeah. Joe and yeah. I got, and Joe got me hooked on this yeah. dude. Joe, I was so on this. I was like, we got to get Claiborne. I was with Joe. I was yeah. ride or die. I was holding his coattails. And then the the Cowboys traded up for him. Remember that? The yeah. Cowboys yeah. traded up for Clay. I think I think it was. Was it Clay Moore? No, you're right. It's Clay Moore. I can't think of his first name, though. Maurice, right? Maurice. I thought it was. I thought it was right. And then Joe was like, and I was so on this. Because, you know, we get our favorites, right? We get our favorites. We're going into the draft. For me, me, the favorite I've had in the draft that I wanted so much was the year that we picked uh, Kelvin Benjamin. I wanted the Carolina Panthers to pick Bradley Roby. And that oh, was yeah. just, you know, we're just, I'm just cheering for, at that point, it's not even about the team. Good it's, about, it's about me wanting to be right. And Joe wanted Claymore, Claiborne, whatever his name was, so bad. Yeah. And then, do you remember the Dolph, the the Cowboys traded up for him, and the Panthers go and fucking pick a damn linebacker, and we're like, we got John Beeson, we got Thomas Davis, and then we picked Luke Keekley. So, what I'm trying to get to is that at the same time, while we want all these things, Marty Herney, boy, he might give Watch you. Out. He might give. Yeah, exactly. Watch out. 
And, and and listen, guys. As soon as we're, look, I, Tony's right, I'm counting down the days that we're done with this free agency bullshit. <laughs> he wants I'm, to get to I'm the draft, which is six I'm days from tomorrow. It's so hard, man. I'm done with it. I know so many of these players, and I want to share with you, my people, man. There's so many players I would love. Another one is a uh, Greedy Williams, the the corner oh, yeah. out of LSU. He was teammates with Dante Jackson. He is a shut-down cornerback. I wrote about him on DraftTech.com. Williams is an incredible talent. I mean, listen, depending on how free agency uh, moves for the Panthers, you want to be in the position to do best player available. I don't know if we're going to be at that spot, though, uh, with the type of money that we have right now. I still feel it has to be on the defensive line or the offensive line. I'm happy with either one of those. But, yeah, my, I mean, my favorite pick right now uh, for value might be uh, Devin White if he falls to us. Now, I, I personally don't feel he falls past uh, Cincinnati because they're going to move on from Burfick. Uh So, you know, I, I, I don't know. But I would love to have him. Greedy Williams is an incredible player. There's a lot of players that might fall to us. Uh, this draft will be fun, y'all. And I hope you stay tuned right here. We're going to have premium draft content for you here on the C3 Panthers podcast, baby. You already know. Keep pounding. What you do know is this, <laughs> is that um, that we have been, and I would argue that we've cutting edge on this, Joe. Is that, like, I'm going out there like we are like the ESPN of YouTube discussions when it comes to draft night. For the last five or six years, we have done a live draft party, and I gotta mm-hmm. say, I the, the most pre- one of the best things, the one of the things I look forward most to of all the C three fans, of all the people that are involved in the podcast is that draft night because we get to hang out. All we do is this, and this is what we want you to think about this show, folks, is that you can, if you're the media, you can downgrade, you can look down upon us, you can shat on us in your pretentiousness, but at the end of the day, we are fans that every day check every website, that read every little bit that we can find about the Carolina Panthers. And for the last over five years on draft night, we hang out as a family on draft night and talk and commentate. We just react. It's so fun. I think it's cutting edge. I well, not cutting edge. It was cutting edge. Now you folks are missing out. If you don't hang out with Panther fans on draft night, it's kind of like watching the Oscars with your friends you've got to do that joe the uh, all right so we've talked about we've done the cat calls we've done the combine the combine actually let me ask you this cody let's just get the combine out of here what the heck, is, yeah, yeah, is that it's coming i said to you before the show is isn't that next week and i said oh I remember this. I went on a radio show. My my buddy, I've been going on every Friday for the last five years on the sports bar, Pirate Radio 1250. And I was so hyped. Look, Mel Mayock used to be so into the draft. 
He made us do the draft guy. We were working. I was editing Joe like crazy. I was doing all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine all that work we put in. And I don't really like draft stuff, to be honest. I don't uh-huh. watch. It's not that I don't you like it. You and I could not be more different. I live not, for it's not this that I don't year, like man. it. It's just that it's so much to keep up with. Anyway, every There's year. So much information. Yeah, every yeah, year. Every single year, I've become less and less interested in the combine. Tell me, Cody, why you are more and more interested this year. Well, one thing, it's the future. I mean, imagine Ooh, it's good answer. Great answer. Uh, ima- imagine it's 2011, and you see this handsome beast of a mofo running a 4.5 at 248 pounds. Oh, that looks like the pornography right there. of the Carolina Panthers. Everyone, the combine is this weekend. And Damn, dude, that the combine future. is like porn to me. Dude, you're, you're going to see the future of the Carolina Panthers Friday through uh, through Monday. I, I mean, this this is you know everyone is interested in you know what player do you want, what position do you value more, offensive line, defensive line. We need a little bit of everything, but ultimately, you know, when you know the players, you have that feeling of you know I knew them even before they were on our football team. I knew them, you know, when, when they didn't have the Panthers helmet on. They were just you know players that we were hopeful about. That they, they might turn into something. And and that's what this time represents. You know, if and I'm a fan of college football, so I've known these dudes for a while. Um, it's just fun, man. I I love it. Uh also these dudes are about to be millionaires. They're about <laughs> to be millionaires, man. Some of them come from nothing at all. From Podunk towns in Alabama and Mississippi or wherever they come from, man. They're about to change their lives, and it's a fun process. We're all going to be uh, here on draft night, hammering some beers, man, having fun. Oh, God. Uh, and, and, draft and, and night at- is so fun on the season, and it's not even us. Is that imagine this? Is imagine having people like Cody who love this so much, people like Mel Mayock who love this so much. Mel Mayock's not going to be here probably this year. But the point is, is that every year my interest slightly diminishes in this, not because of the process, just because of how much effort I've put in to the Panthers, to the podcast and all of that. I'm going to let Cody take this shine here. But Joe, we hang out here and you know the one thing that's guaranteed, you may not like the Panthers pick on the first round on that Thursday night. You may not like the events that unfold, but you're guaranteed to have Tony Dunn pound like, I don't know, 12 <laughs> and be incomprehensible by the end of the draft. By the end of the night, he is in another place. <laughs> <laughs> I am above. I'm, I've, I've seeked a higher ground. Trip, yes. Yeah, all right. They're fun. They all are right. fun. All right. Joe. It will be fun. All right, Cody. Let's go into this. Is that, look, we are pounding away. We have so much to talk about. We've been killing it all night. Let's go to this. Combine is that we've talked about the combine a little bit. As you're thinking in the framework of the combine, 
tell us a little bit now of with that in mind, how that is influencing your draft thoughts going forward. Yeah, so, you know, if, if you're interested in it, if you have NFL Network or ESPN, it'll even be on ABC this year. Um, uh, there's a few interesting storylines to look out for going into the draft that are, you know, it's about the Panthers, and some of it is just in general. I mean, it's like a drama in and of itself with a lot of these players and the teams looking for players. So I wanted to share with you all a few stories. Uh, the best receiver in this draft is a, na- a man named DK Metcalf. And this man is six foot five, 225 pounds. And according to Brad Kelly of the Draft Network, man might run a 438. Okay. And he says that's not him just making some numbers up. That means he's already ran that football. No, uh, that, he's already ran that number. And that's what is being told to him. So I'm telling you, if at 200 and uh, and almost 230 pounds, if he runs that fast, he is a top 10 prospect. I mean, that's everything that we wanted Benjamin and Funches to be, and they never turned out to be. Um, That's huge right there. Brian Burns, defensive end out of Florida State, fast, athletic, dominant edge rusher. 231 pounds, though. So if mm. he weighs in at, at around 250, that might boost him up a lot because teams in the NFL, they want your defensive end to be able to set the edge and be able to defend the run. If you're 230-something pounds, that's that's hard to do. Um, So be on the lookout for that, how much Brian Burns weighs. And this man might be the belt of the ball. At quarterback, already has $3 million from Oakland, the athletics, to play baseball. Kyler Murray, uh, the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, they're saying he might be five foot nine. And Tony, how tall is Russell Wilson? Like, what, 5'10, 5'11, something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Murray. Uh, you know, would be the shortest quarterback to essentially ever be drafted. Um, Kyler Murray is a, an interesting story moving forward. Moving on, a man that Joey and I know very well, Dexter Lawrence, was suspended for the final three playoff games mm-hmm. uh, against Alabama. Uh, they had a uh, will he pass his drug test? If he does. And he runs a fast 40 time at the combine. And he might be able to prove that he's not just um, a space eater. That he has the potential to rush the quarterback and move up field and and be dominant uh, uh, as maybe even a three-tech. Rashawn, Gary out of Michigan, a a dominant defensive end, um, a, a, a dominant athlete, powerful football player. Uh, He might blow up the combine. His uh, athletics are dominant, super athlete. And this man, Joey turned me on to him. Um, This is Hakeem Butler, 6'6", 225 pounds. Mm, Love 6'6". Yeah. Love hearing that. 
does he run? Is he, is he run? Does he run fast as the wind? If he does that, I'm ready. But that's that's what we need to know. If he runs a forty time fast enough, he might shoot up draft boards. And if Devin Funches isn't going to be on the team, this would be the perfect replacement oh, for yeah, Devin. Let me ask you this: Is whatever picture? Yeah. Let me the picture that is up here right now of him making oh, yeah. this catch right here. Is that like is that if he put on a Panthers jersey and made that catch, he would automatically be better than Funches or anybody since <laughs> Steve Smith and Mr. Muhammad has been for Carolina. Yeah, that one, Joe, is yeah, he that good? Joey, do you believe it? He's good. He's very good. He put like up some pretty good numbers. Six six. And yeah. we need that. We need a six six guy. Six, six, six. That's an AJ look. Is that is I don't think AJ Green is six six. No, right, he's not that tall. Not but, that tall. But to me, it's a body type a little bit. And it's a, it is, just looking and, at that picture. You know, that's to, who I think of. I think of AJ Green looking at that picture. He has to show the ability to run routes well. To mm-hmm. to run a route tree that's more than just a go route. Um, you know, more than just being a big buyer receiver. If he's able to do that, yeah, listen, he might be an early second-round pick. I mean, Hakeem Butler um, wasn't on my radar until Joey told me about him. Uh, I love him. I love his tape. He has a much higher upside than Devin Funches. Would be a fun player for us to have on the team. And, um, yeah, man, that's all Friday through through Monday coming up. I'm excited for it. What, um, what day definitely... is, is uh, quarterbacks and receivers? Mm. That, I'll look it up. Go ahead and talk. Yeah, Saturday um, 1 through 3. Uh, yeah, I believe it's 1 to 3. And it'll be on ABC also. But I know it's also going to be on NFL Network. So... Yeah, I'm going to be tuning in on the day. All right, so here is this. Friday, March 1st is running backs, offensive line, special teams, PK, I guess, uh, kickers. Saturday will be quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends. So if you're the fancy pants, Saturday is your day, fancy pants. Your flashy divas are going to be turning in on on, uh, Saturday. The hardcore people... I think Friday's our day. We need to know about offensive linemen, and we need to learn a lot. And I think it's all about, I think our days for the Carolina Panthers and looking at the combine is my opinion, Friday and Sunday. Sunday's defensive line and linebackers. And then Monday is defensive backs. To me, I think we learn a lot in the opening day about offensive line. To me, the mm-hmm. I I personally think is this is I could care a shit less about a quarterback in the draft. To be honest, <laughs> I really I don't think uh, I don't believe that that whole idea of drafting quarterback and potentially trading him really works. I think it's such mm. a fluke. I think it's such a fluke. I would rather just try to say we love Cam, we believe in Cam, and that is going to be the deal. If we don't do that, then I'm worried about his shoulder all of a sudden. For me, this is all about offensive linemen. It's all about defensive pass rush. Yes. And then maybe I'll field 
a little interest in the secondary at defensive back. To me, I'm watching on Friday and Sunday right there. Guys, we have ta- we've talked, man, this show, I'm telling you guys, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. We're live every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Go ahead and turn your phone to, to portrait mode. Smash the thumbs up button. Subscribe. And here's how you really, I'm telling you, there are people that gave us, Susan gave us 15 bucks tonight. Josh from Mass contributed $28.03. The significance <laughs> of that should speak to your heart. I am not asking for your money. I understand every single person in the world is begging and, and pleading for you to give them a dollar. That's not what we're asking for you here. Is that if you do want to do that, then that's fantastic. This is what you can help the C3 Panthers podcast do. You can help us grow. You can help us grow by sharing the show with a friend. Tell the friend, one friend, one-to-one friend, that you love the Panthers and that you know that they will love this podcast. Because if you love the Panthers and you don't love this podcast, that's just freaking weird. Second, all you can do is this. Smash the thumbs up button. Share it on social media. Smotial media, as I get three or four or five sheets into the wind, Joe. Smotial media. But the point is this. I don't need them, Joe. Am I begging for their money? No, not at all. No. You're begging them, you're begging them for their friendship, their fandom, and, and to become part of the C3 family. That's it. That's it. Is I don't want... The, that all of that is just fantastic on the outside. What is better is that I've got. I'm so happy right now to be with my best friend Joe Riolano talking with him. I cannot, and I know that you guys don't know that out there, but it's been a minute since I've heard his voice. I'm so happy to hear that. And on Tuesday nights, I get to hang out with Cody Lashney. There is nothing better than this than talking about the Carolina Panthers. And since. Cody loves the draft. Let me tell you, ask you about this question. There is a story that comes. Well, actually, it's not a story. The Panthers, I no. guess, received a compensatory pick. Yes, we did. So since we lost Andrew Norwell, uh, and ah, that's it's Norwell, the Norwell effect. Yeah. Since we lost Andrew Norwell, then uh, yeah, that basically means that um, uh, we get another another pick. Uh, in the third round, so I, I, at this point, I believe it's around a hundred. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, listen, that's yeah, another. You can thing. get somebody there. I, you can get somebody yeah, I, in the secondary. You can get a linebacker around that position. You can get yeah. a wide receiver at that position. You can even maybe yeah. even poach a, a damn guard at that or center at that position. Yeah, no, I mean, this, that's a great pick. Uh, yeah. A third round pick in the top one hundred. That's a great pick. You're right, Joe. A center. We need a center. Yes, we do. That's exactly what I was thinking. A center. And and remember, you also have the option of pairing your two threes together and maybe moving up into the second. Yeah, that's maybe. always. Uh, that's always a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, we have so many needs on the team right now that uh, it's, you know, it, it's beneficial uh, when you have picks like this because 
I mean, hey, that might be a safety. That might be a, a another defensive end. I mean, you just you never know um, what uh, what what could end up happening uh, with with the picks like that. But uh, I believe at the end of our show, we're having some difficulties on YouTube. Uh, the they're saying that the video, yeah, the video keeps on um, freezing up and, right. and dropping. That might be a YouTube problem. Not, nah, or it could be my problem. For all we know. Who cares? Is that all right? We're at the end of the show. <laughs> is this who are you icing up, Cody? Um, I am icing up none other than the man Ja Rule. Um, I don't know if any of you guys saw this, but uh, the Milwaukee Bucks were doing a '90s night, and they decided that they were going to have Ja Rule yeah. on the show. I just exited out of it uh, to commem- commemorate the '90s. Well, let's just say the crowd wasn't exactly yeah. happy to have him there. Uh, he's talking they to the said audience. This is nineties night, so they brought out a two thousand artist. <laughs> but my album came out in ninety nine, so I guess that counts. Sanchez, we ready? Are we ready? I guess not. <laughs> no one says anything. No one cheers for him. He's left there, kind of out there to die. Oh on his my gosh. How embarrassing. And, and look, to top Turn it all up. off, the man, uh, you might know him. His name is Giannis, Giannis Odekempo. Uh, he is. He's out So listen, Ja Rule is absolutely embarrassing, um, especially if you know everything that went on with that fire festival and how millions It wasn't his fault. That wasn't his fault, though. But even still, man, he was on camera saying, oh, we can spin this in the right way. Yeah, man, it's Ja Rule is an absolute idiot, um, and he has been for a while now. So, to Ja Rule, I say ice up, my friend. Question about this is, who is the guy that, oh, it was Nelly. Nelly was the one that caused the Josh Hardy, the, who was the Justin Hardy? Not Justin Hardy, that's my dude. Who was the guy that, who was the dude that beat his girlfriend up? Uh, Rice, Ray, Ray, Ray Rice. Nah, he played for no, the Panthers. Chris Brown. Nah, played for the Panthers. Oh, 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 oh Greg, uh, Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy, thank you. Greg it's because of a Nelly song, not a who was that guy again, Cody? Jaru, Jaru, Jaru. Look, is that I know everybody wants to hate on Jaru, but this is what I like about him. Is I got a soft spot for Steven Seagal. And uh, <laughs> and him and Steven Seagal did that movie together. I got a soft spot for that. <laughs> so I'm not going to dislike Ja Rule overall, but I get where you're coming from. Joe, who's your eyes up pick? I made you laugh. Um, my eyes up pick this week. Guys, listen. If there is 
Does he need any more of a reason for legalization of cannabis aside of um, from the benefits of it speaking medically? Um, and it's really good at helping people become um, come off of addiction to other drugs. There's a, a TV station, KTLA, out in California, and their news anchor, Chris Burroughs, died recently, very recently, like within two weeks. <clears throat> Cause of death was putting crystal meth in his anus. <laughs> what? Okay. Meth in your anus? Yeah. It feels like, and, and look, is that I watched Breaking Bad, Joe? Mm-hmm. Right? Is that, and the one thing that I was upset with Breaking Bad about is that I felt like it slightly glorified crystal meth. And that is like, I felt like dudes came on and off crystal meth too easily. I felt at the end of the day, I was like, Yeah, I'm not showing you the harsh reality. Yeah, do we, do we kind of want to, it looked kind of fun, right? They, and, and right. I'm not sure. And so here's the thing is, but at no point did I go, hey, crystal meth could be awesome, doesn't have these side effects. I thought you wanted to smoke it, not shove it up your ass. And tell me what would drive someone to even think about doing that. And how is that worse than smoking it, though? (laughs) Well, it'll kill you. Obviously. <laughs> um, so my point is, people do become addicted to things, and when you become addicted to things, they do crazy things. Um, and that's pretty crazy. And maybe if someone could have gotten to him and and gotten him some help, and he. Um, he had been treated with cannabis, it could have prevented him from getting to the point where he thought, let me try putting this in my butt and seeing what happens. <laughs> so, so I'm asking him up because he's an idiot and I, you know, I don't know how far gone you have to be to think of something like that. But because he did and he went there, he deserves to be iced up. So I up Chris Burroughs because your anus should really be exit only. Exit only. All right. Yeah, I I've been, uh, in light of this story, it dawns on me, uh, I've been using my crystal meth wrong. No wonder you fall asleep every night. Yeah, no wonder, man. I've been I've been doing it wrong this whole time. Right. Yeah, thanks for telling me. Bro. My ice up pick two weeks in a row. It's consecutive picks. I don't know if anybody, and this just shows you how objective the C3 Panthers podcast is. I'm icing up my 11-year-old son two weeks in a row. (laughs) Two? Damn. Yeah, I'm pissed. All right. I am fucking pissed. Last week, it was because he binged and spent $75 ultimately. It was $72 in two less than three days on iTunes with his stupid games he plays. My wife was actually wow. yelling him at him because for his birthday, Joe, he got birthday gift cards. 
Mm-hmm. And he just went through them like a method. Like a crackhead, like a method shoving up his ass. He (laughs) went through that mess. So last night, last week, we iced him up for just overkill. This week, I'm icing up my son because he's preteen. And preteens are starting to come in. He's starting to care about how he looks a little bit, right? Right? He's starting to comb his hair in the morning. I got to still yell at him about brushing his teeth. The one thing if you have children, guys, that you will fucking hate is that how they want to wear shorts when it's cold. It's 32 degrees, and my kid's like, well, the high will be 59. I'm going to be hot. He wants to wear these shorts while it's cold. I want to punch him in his face every morning. (laughs) I used to do the same thing. I know. Every boy, every, every boy goes through this phase, so I understand. I understand that. But my son is starting to be careful or thinking about the way he looks a little bit. And he's not a materialistic person like a lot of people's could be. So it's late. He's got his first pair of drawers. He's been all of a sudden, Joe. And Joe, I just wish I could show Miranda. Wish I know Miranda wanted to show Joey this earlier today. He comes up to us and he says, look, I got a hole in my socks. It's bothering me. And his socks were as black as fucking dirt. <laughs> black as dirt, bro. I'm mean, talking, think of the blackest black you can think of. And he goes, nah, it's the hole. And my wife goes, what the fuck is up with the socks and the black? Turns out that my son instead of he likes these these high socks the kids like the high socks right he of got course. this new poor he got this new pair of jordans he's got these nike socks that got the nike check on him he has worn the same pair of socks for over five days straight oh wow i said to him i said what the fuck i said michael what the hell i didn't say what the fuck but i did want to say that i said michael how many days have you worn these socks? He goes, I don't know. I said, that's not an acceptable answer. You know exactly. He said, maybe five. So it could be like nine, bro. (laughs) (laughs) These bitches were as black as a black magic marker. I feel terrible as a parent. I feel even worse for Michael Dunn. I told him, I said, you can get athlete's foot, man. But you take a shower every effing morning. You don't put old drawers and old socks on you, asshole. So eyes up Michael Dunn. Don't tell me that this is an objective <laughs> podcast. I'm icing up my own son twice. Jesus. These bitches ate my wife. Looked at that. She said the whole. She looked at him. She about wanted to kill him, Joe. <laughs> she said the whole. The whole. The whole. Oh, my God. It was terrible. I am embarrassed. This is the C3 Panthers podcast. You're listening to the longest running Panthers podcast every Tuesday night I cannot tell you I know Joe you don't understand this but I how happy I am to hear from you and to hear your voice well, I'm, I'm just as happy to be back and, and, and get to talk about the Carolina Panthers with my C3 family man you're the best Joe tell them what your Twitter handle is guys if you want to talk football you want to talk Orlando Apollo oh man fuck talk. that <laughs> 
Salt Lake City <laughs> Stallions. Charlotte Hornets basketball. Uh, for New York Yankees baseball. Hit me up on Twitter at Joe Realizer. Cody Lashney, you're the best, bro. Tell me how they can follow you. At C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. You know I'm the draft nerd, the right for draft tech. DraftTech.com, new draft out every Wednesday. And follow my account, man. I'm going to be live tweeting during most of the combine, um, giving my takes on everything that's happening, going down, what players improve their stock, uh, what players hurt their stock. I love it. I'm into it. C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Hit me up on Twitter. My name's Tony Dunn. They call me the professor, but each and every Tuesday night, I confess about all my Panthers loyalties and loves with y'all. This is the C3 Panthers podcast. We're going to close it out for the evening, and we just want to remind you to keep pounding. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.